How has Google Analytics evolved? And what are we going to lose when Universal Analytics goes away? InSearch SEO Podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Welcome to part one of a three-part discussion about Google Analytics 4. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at how Google Analytics has evolved and what we're going to lose when Universal Analytics goes away. Taking part are Jeff Sauer, founder of Jeff Analytics and Data Driven You, Ree Anderson, owner at Beast Analytics, Joe Quick, analytics consultant and trainer from the Coloring In department, and Dara Fitzgerald, CEO and co-founder at Measure Lab. Jeff, could I ask you to start with a whistle-stop history of Google Analytics? <laughs> yeah, so going back to 1999, even, it was when it was started. It was called Urchin, and it was developed as a separate company entirely. And it was a web analytics log platform that you had to host in your own servers in order to get anything. And then around 2004, 2005, Google bought it, rebranded it Google Analytics, moved it to the client side, implemented a lot of JavaScript libraries and so on, and put it out there. But it was really made to measure the desktop web. One person, one device, that's the type of world that was in. (laughs) Over the years, it got better and better. They improved the interface, made it awesome. It became the industry standard. It put a lot of competitors out of business. And then um, it started to become a dinosaur towards the mid late 2010s and um, started to slow down. Privacy became important. All kinds of stuff were happening. And then suddenly we're in a situation where it's like, do we even need analytics anymore? Well, we need the data, but is Google Analytics the right platform anymore? And that was the last few years. And also Google is getting sued almost daily because of the archaic architecture of a 1999 system. Basically, if you if you had put a code on your site back in 2005 after Google acquired it, it still works today on Universal. Mm-hmm. So um, GA4 and the newest version is sort of Google's way of cleaning up the sins of the past and trying to modernize it into the future. And it's been something that we're all um, cautiously optimistic that it's going to bring us to the promised land. It's funny, I, I remember actually just starting to use an analytics, pat, uh, analytics package just before um, Google Analytics um, w- w- was purchased, or Urchin was pa- was purchased and turned into GA, and I, I used StatCounter uh, at the time. <laughs> Anyone remember using that? I think uh, Je- Je- Jeff does as well. Uh, Bree's nodding away there as well. Um, Bree, uh, w- what are your thoughts in terms of how Google Analytics has changed? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jeff, obviously, I mean, brilliance, right? Just sheer b- brilliance. Um, no, he, he hit a lot of the big things. I think something that I, I try and remind my clients as well is that You know, a lot of things have changed. So Universal Analytics rolled out in like 2012. And if you think about like, what did web browsing look like at that time? We were just really starting to get, um, everything was an app. Um, We were starting to make that transition into all of the, um, you know, like 80% of web browsing was happening on our phones. Um, All of our phones had access to the internet. Uh, and, and that's what was really becoming like the main way to interact with websites. Um, and so we were also making that transition away from, I believe, the m.facebook.com, right? It was no longer like we're, we're going to have a mobile site and a, you know, a desktop site. Google was starting to change to that 
uh, mobile first indexing. And so everybody was kind of having to make their sites more mobile friendly. I think we need to, to realize what the, you know, what the actual user journey looks like these days. Um, and people are interacting. I mean, you can browse the internet on your TV if you wanted mm. to. Um, I don't personally want to, but you can, right? So we had to kind of account for those things. The fact that, like Jeff was saying, we have, um, you know, I have five, six, seven devices that I can browse the internet on. Um, and so Google is trying to kind of make up for what those user journeys look like. Uh, we've also been hit with things like iOS 14.5, um, a whole bunch of more like cookie-less browsing happening um, that GA4 really wanted to account for. I think, you know, if you look at the very first announcement for GA4 back in 2020, you know, they called it the analytics of the future. And really what that just meant was Google's trying to future-proof themselves because they knew that they were falling behind very, very quickly. Um, and if they didn't make a change, people were going to have to be leaving the platform. Jill, um, Bree mentioned mobile browsing and also browsing the internet on your TV as well. I guess those were two things that Google didn't really envisage back in 2005. No, um, and I've got I've got like an analogy that I use to explain the evolution of analytics to try and help people go through the neurological pathway changes of getting used to a, a different model. Um, as Jeff mentioned, with it being around since 1999, if analytics was a mode of transportation, then urchin would have been a bicycle. And we remember those hip counters. So we liked the bike. Then classic would have been a moped, bit of an engine, scoot around your data. Universal is a car. And we all love our car. And you've either been a passenger, a driver, maybe the engineer. I have met some people that don't know where the car is parked or who has the keys. You have all those problems as usual. GA4, however, is a helicopter. And even though there are some similarities between the two, they both have doors and seatbelts and windows, it is a completely different model. And I think half of the challenge of getting people to understand why we're moving from the car to the helicopter is that you can't expect GA4 to act like universal. It's just not going to happen. And that is one of the big challenges that you kind of have is learning something new. And I think when you look at it, as an opportunity because Google have made these changes rightly because of privacy. But you've got to remember that this isn't even Google. This is Alphabet. Like 80% of their revenue comes from Google ads. And the old car that was creaking near the end was making it difficult for them to do that and track this legally. This is a way for them to also protect their business model. So I think there's a lot of things that are moving I think they are setting the car on fire this year. I don't think if people are going, it's fine, it's going to get, it's like, no, no, it, it is going to get set on fire. Um, apart from those that have a sports car, the 360s of the world, they will have longer because they just need more runway, literally, um, to get things done. Dara, um, in terms of different vehicles, I guess you've been the passenger, the driver and the engineer for each vehicle that Joe was talking about there. Um, tell us a little bit about your your experience. Um, yeah, I love that. Love that analogy. Um, yeah, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of those changes. Um, I wasn't too involved in Urchin, um, but once Google bought Urchin and it became GA, that was pretty much when I got involved and and started working with clients on getting the most out of out of GA. Um, there's probably not a lot I can add to what's already been said because I agree with everything that everyone said already. Basically, um, the technology is old now. It's twenty odd years old. 
um, and it's not fit for purpose. So Google had no choice really but to say, look, this is the first time we're going to actually have to fundamentally change the the tech that sits under underneath this. Um, what that's meant is obviously it's created some panic. I like how Jill says that, you know, they're lighting the car on fire. That's completely true. And it's the first time they've ever done that because when they moved from classic to universal, it was even that felt like a little bit of a, a shake up in the space, but it didn't really involve any any fundamental changes. Everybody get, got to keep their historical data. They got to use the same interface. Um, so it was a lot easier to manage that transition for clients from classic to universal. This is the first time where it's 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 meant that the data is going to go away. And this is still a little bit unclear. Google have said you're going to have access to the data for at least six months after they stop collecting it for, for UA. We're still a little bit unsure what happens after that. But this has never happened before. They've never said we're going to stop giving you access to that old data. So it's definitely caused a bit more panic this time around, um, which, let's be honest, has been kind of good for people like us because this is what we do for a living. We help clients navigate these these changes. Um, but it does feel like a like a bigger change. And, and, and just one thing to add, which I think is interesting, um, and I don't have any data on this, um, but something Bree mentioned around Google realizing they needed to make a change before people jumped ship. Something I'm wondering is if actually this is presenting an opportunity to people to jump ship for the first time because of the fact that that historical data won't be migrated across. So this probably won't apply to too many companies because most people, when they think of analytics, they think of Google Analytics and they don't really even know that there are other choices. But I wonder if some um, companies are actually going to think, you know what, we were kind of tied in before because all of our historical data was in this one platform. But this is the first time where actually that's not going to be the case. So some people might think, well, if we're going to jump ship, now's the now's the time. So it's going to be interesting over the next, you know, obviously up until this July cutoff point and then even beyond that, what's actually going to happen in the space? Are some companies going to going to make the move away from from GA? Great points there. And um, I get the feeling that there are many SEOs out there still clinging on to Universal with their fingernails. Um they can't cling on for too much longer, of course. But um, uh, let's go around to everyone again and actually ask everyone, what do you think it is that SEOs think they're going to lose by just um, clinging on to Universal for so long? And what would you say uh, to put their minds at ease? Je- Jeff, how would you approach that one? Yeah, um, I'd like to address Dara's question or thought right there too about switching. Um, I did a whole like analysis matrix of the different options and gave them grades based on my own biased scale. So it's not a, it's a, it's an, it's a biased scale, let's say. Um, and GA4 still came out at the top and it was mainly because even though that you're getting all the data and you're starting fresh, there's just the integrations between Google products that are really nice. And one of them is search console, which is definitely for SEO is really important. And there's other integrations and it's just a primary source of data with Google, which still, as of today, the, uh, they're the largest advertising platform in the world. They're still, they still have a scale of quite a few things. So, so they have things that nobody else can do. And then also people just don't want to pay. They don't want, they can compete with, compete with absolutely free, um, free, scot-free not like there's open source but you still have to pay for hosting and have a server there's free but then it has limits and stuff like that and unlimited free is pretty awesome although there's a ton of people who have left already 
in the enterprise level. They've just completely botched the entire enterprise level of this thing, the 360 version. That's like, it's a goner. <laughs> uh, I hate to say it. Um, people are already doing other solutions. So the paid solutions are going going crazy right now. But let's just talk about SEOs and and how, you know, why it's why it's a big change and and the benefits of trying to get to the point where is the sky falling for you or is it just like a discomfort changing the way you do things so i'd be interested to see what everybody else says whether the sky is falling or not and whether the um whether it's just a change of way we've, we've done things but the the question to me is parity like at, at what point is ga4 equal to universal as far as what the data is I think that's been achieved. I, I think by and large parity has been achieved. Metric here, metric there, you can pretty much get there. I mean, they, a lot of the recent updates in GA4 have been specifically around the landing page report, making sure that, that comes through, adding it to the menu. That's a parity piece. Adding in bounce rate again, um, even though bounce rate sucks, like they added it back in there because people wanted that parity. So they have been making, you know, the first year was all about infrastructure and just getting things in place, just having a system, making it so that it could scale and collect data in the millions, trillions of hits as opposed to in the, you know, thousands of hits, you know. Um, now they're doing parity for metrics and things like that. And they've already made a lot of strides there. And then there's process. Like what is process as far as I'm used to logging in and looking at this report, any change is going to be met with, with ire. And that's definitely happened there. But, but for the most part, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the platforms have equality or parity between them from from an seo perspective there are a few add-ons that don't work as well things like filtering is just completely nerfed like there's no filtering views all kind of you know, there's things that aren't there as far as tracking outcomes or customization but the but if you were just to log into the report and look at what you look at from a day-to-day -day perspective that stuff should be in there and so that that part has i think been solved um, pretty well, um, whether we like the rollout or not is another story. But then there's all this other stuff like backing up the data, comparing, you know, the numbers don't always match up. There's more higher session counts usually in GA4, lower user counts in GA4. Why does that happen? Stuff like that, that, that are big questions. So you, there's a one-to-one, -one, maybe I'm wrong, but pretty much a one-to-one -one from what you looked at in the old one with a new one. It's really how do you use it? And then how do you explain it to customers? How do you explain it to clients? How do you get this data in a way, in a place that you can use it? So you're not, you know, you're not getting over the shock of changing your entire way of looking at the world. Because this is something for 15, 20 years, we've looked at the world one way. It's funny, and, and I'm going to end here, but we, I did a presentation on this last summer and I call it the five stages of grief with Google Analytics 4. You know, and I ended with acceptance, but then I added 10 more stages <laughs> um, because they're, they're, we're, it's more than the standard five stages of grief. And it was all about frustration, um, hope, like looking at these things, like like you, you ups and downs, really. It's sort of choppy, our experience with this thing. Like for every time we have a milestone, we're like, okay, well then this, you know, you, two steps forward, one step back. But um, I do think that that we're pretty much at a point where it's no longer, it's not there anymore. It's there. It's just, how do I find it? And then how do I change my way of working the way that I've been doing it for the last 10, 15 years. Bree, how do you encourage SEOs to embrace GA4? Well, I usually start by reminding people that um, up until September of 2020, everyone hated Universal Analytics. 
the second that GA4 came out, everyone was like, no, we love Universal. You can't get rid of it. This has been the best thing to ever happen to us. So, and I think like Jeff said, a lot of that is comfort, right? This is where people are comfortable. This is what they've gotten used to. Um, and in, in, to be fair, like, especially there's definitely shell shock when you first get into the platform. A developer had a lot of fun making this platform and things look very developer-esque in there, right? Like even our event names, normal people don't write in all lowercase with underscores. That's just not how normal people like the everyday person is going to write an event name, but that's just how it is. Um, I think some of the things that have really freaked SEOs out is, you know, the data structure is completely different, which means all of the events, you know, even some of the things like sessions and users, like Jeff was saying, that's collected differently. They have different parameters as to what is a user in GA4 versus universal analytics, right? So so that kind of freaked people out. They're like, oh, my numbers don't match, right? Um, to be fair, when you go into GA4 and you connect Search Console to GA4, they create a library or a collection in the library that doesn't publish automatically. So you don't actually see your Search Console data automatically show up in GA4. You have to go in to the library, find the collection, publish the collection. Then it's in your navigation. It's its whole section. It's really weird, right? Like it, it is strange to say the least but like jeff said there's there's a lot of good coming from it um you know we have an integration with merchant center which is awesome um and you have like a native integration that's free to bigquery there are a lot of pros to it um i would say really just the, the biggest thing is getting over the hurdle of like things look so different and it feels weird um and so that's that's been a big problem. And yes, yeah, the, the dimensions coming and going constantly. But we have to remember that GA4 is still very much in its uh, building phase, right? Things are going to be changing. They're going to be changing fast. But that's our industry, right? When anything is built, things are, are you know, build quick, fail quick, build quick, fail quick. That, that's what happens. So they tried to roll it out without bounce rate and a lot of marketers were like, thank God, we don't have this metric anymore. Um, and then everyone said, no, we loved Universal and we definitely love bounce rate. So we have to have that back. And so they said, all right, well, you have engagement rate, which is literally the exact opposite of bounce rate, but I guess we can give that to you. Um, so I think it's important to know that we're going to continue to see more iterations. Uh, as an SEO, all of the reports that you saw in Universal Analytics, they are available in GA4. You just kind of got to play with the platform a little bit to actually get there uh, and find it. But I, I think the big thing here is patience. You got to have a little bit of patience and you have to refine that love for learning. I know as an SEO, your love for learning is more like, what's the Google algorithm doing? And if I tweak this thing in a piece of content, is that going to help? But, you know, learn to love learning data again. And, um, maybe things will be just a little bit easier. We'll be back with part two of this discussion next week when we'll be looking at the key benefits that GA4 offers over Universal Analytics. In the meantime, thanks to Jeff, Bree, Joe and Dara for taking part in part one. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. <laughs>